Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Next Level People. We've got Sean back from Greece, his baby Ayo. moon in Greece. <laughs> we've got Rena and we've got the one and only Katie Wallace and we are continuing the theme of mental health awareness uh, and I am, I'm super excited about this. We've started to notice some trends. Uh, if you've listened to the previous episodes, you'll probably start noticing some trends as well. Uh, but we're going to add on to that and get a hopefully a, another perspective. I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into my story. Katie's going to dive into hers. We have a lot of similarities into kind of some of the stuff that we've gone through. Uh, and so, I mean, Katie, welcome to the show again. Hey, thanks. I feel a little, a uh, little more awake this time for sure. So. Yeah, Six well, last... in the morning wasn't the right time for you? It was like earlier than that. I think y'all had me up at like, I think it was earlier than that Okay, well, okay. It was. so the thing is, that Katie, like, let's get, let's get real though. That was really 8 o'clock your normal time, so I mean, it's... Yeah, why didn't y'all know my schedule? I mean, yeah. I, mean, I should have known that true. I come was on. I don't feel bad I don't feel anymore. that bad. I don't feel that bad. <laughs> I don't feel bad at all. No. Fine, fine, whatever. Are you drinking yerba mate right now? Mm-mm. What is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. It is. It definitely Love is. It. Love it. What awesome. the hell is that? So, mate. Share the gourd. Don't, give it, don't get us off track here. Sorry. I'm not. I'm out. All right. <laughs> so, Katie, uh, for those of our listeners that don't know who you are, Let's let's get into kind of the the thirty to sixty second elevator pitch of who you are, what you're all about. You can talk about Huck Sustainables real quick as well, and, and what you're doing with that. Uh, holy crap! This is my favorite thing to do. Yeah, um, I know, so isn't I have it? a company, Huck Sustainables and Consulting. Essentially, we help companies establish themselves as a green brand beyond the greenwashing, and and basically help them get down to making an impact. Um, we do a lot of work in social impact as well. So I have like multiple projects going on, but the aim is to always take on like social and environmental issues at the root. So that way, you know, that cycle like doesn't continue. So yeah. all of the work that I do is, is focused there. Yeah. So she's got, I mean, she's, she's doing a bunch of different stuff with sustainables and like trying to get the, the companies to actually think like, maybe I shouldn't use K cups. Maybe I should stop printing as much as I have been. Maybe I should go paperless. And then she's also got, you've got a, a homeless thing that you're doing, right? Where you're, what's, what's that that you're doing? Um, so basically we are, I mean, at, we're basically meeting homeless people exactly like where they're at, like literally in shelters and things like yeah. that and giving them access to work, dignified work, not like, you know, um, crappy jobs, but we're like actually giving them relevant trainings, um, and then relevant trainings to like get them back into the digital world and um, taking care of like emotional, mental health, things like that. Just kind of getting them reestablished if they're willing to be reestablished. Yeah. So. No, it's interesting. The homeless issue is such an interesting and much deeper issue than a lot of people think because a lot of times it's a state of mind more than uh, like it's not that they can't get themselves out of it, but a lot of times it's a state of mind like it's okay. I feel okay doing this or like, this is just what, who I am or like, and so the fact that you are digging into the, the mental and emotional health side of it, I think is super important because I think that's what 99.9% .9 of all homeless, whatever programs 
miss. They're just like, mm-hmm. oh, let's get you a shower and some food and you'll be good. Uh, yeah. Have, have a nice day. Um, so one of the things that, uh, I mean, obviously we're diving into the mental health side of things. Um, and I think that I've heard you talk about uh, the the reason you got into the whole sustainability and trying to help the earth is because of where you've come from, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and it's interesting because I'm still I'm still working through all of my stuff, and so you're gonna probably this is like a therapy session where we're all gonna talk <laughs> about our stuff, uh, and I'm gonna be externally processing because I, I still don't get a lot of what I did, um, but. <clears throat> I've kind of come to the same, not exactly the same, but I have such a deep love and respect of nature. Like I'm out there as much as possible and it really bothers me certain things like that. Like I literally go out there and I'll pick up trash and everything. And it's like, it's so important to me, but I'd love to hear your side of the equation. Like what, what led you to sustainability? What led you to actually giving a crap about the earth? Like why? Why? Um, I think a big thing was, so, you know, I was an alcoholic and and drug addict until I was 19. And then I got sober and I was a hot mess. Like Mm. I was just, I was a crazy person. I was actually, and I had also been diagnosed bipolar and like all of these different things and like nothing was working. Um, and it was suggested to me to like, go, why don't you go for a hike? Like, why don't you get out and like do some of these things? And like, immediately the first time that I ever like just went, it wasn't even, it was just like a sit, like a tiny little park that someone had like thrown up and like planted trees, but like there wasn't anybody there and it felt like I just felt okay for like the first time since I could remember, you know? And so it started this like actual love affair with just like being in nature. And it's like the only place that I could go to quiet my mind until I learned how to quiet my mind myself, you know, by Mm -hmm. like letting enough of that, like the chemicals exit my body and enough like working through all the stuff that I had to work through. So that's what started it. That's the very, very root of it. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting because like when I was in a it's really weird that you were alcoholic drug addict until 19. Cause that's when I sobered up as well. Really weird. But anyways, looking back, like on all the times when I was like, I was at a breaking point, I would always go to like the beach or nature. So, because like I didn't like, that was where my mind could actually get quieted. Like that's the only place. And I didn't, I didn't connect the dots beforehand. And then you know, fast forward years later, I learned about nature therapy and forest bathing. And there's actual science behind why I felt that way. It's not just like a, like a random, like yoga, spiritual, like all this stuff. And I do believe that there is a spiritual side to it, but there's actually science that backs it up where like there's nature therapy, there are college degrees that go into it and forest bathing. Like the Japanese have been doing that for centuries like you go go out you're in nature and it it calms you so talk to me about kind of that journey so you 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 figured that out somebody somebody said you should just go for a hike you go out into a park and then like talk to me i mean dive, dive a little bit deeper into the reason behind the alcohol and the drugs because that i think like the the nature therapy and the forest bathing is a way 
out or part mm -hmm. of a way out, but it's just so that people can relate to your story and my story a little bit more. What was, what was going on? Uh, I think a big thing. So I've always struggled with mental health, but um, that wasn't a conversation that people were having when I was right. going through it. Right. Like, and I didn't know how, like I was a kid, like I didn't know how to articulate, like, this is how I'm feeling. So I just always felt like very alone and very apart from, like, I have vivid memories of being five year, five years old on the playground in kindergarten, looking at other kids and just thinking like, I don't understand how to do this. You know, like, I don't know how to, like, I was just like constantly like mortified. And so like that carried on throughout everything. Right. And I just always had this like, um, I don't, I don't really know how to describe it beyond that, like that feeling of being apart from and like that mm -hmm. constant feeling that it doesn't matter, like nothing that I do matters. So why are we even, even doing this, you know, like living. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, then I found discovered alcohol and alcohol, like quieted all that, you know, mm -hmm. only when I was drinking, but it quieted like this feeling of of hopelessness and this like and it, like I was having existential crisis like crises when I was like young like too young to know what existential right. crises were yeah um so like I think like the mental health aspect has always been there for me um and I just chew like I just was trying to cover it up like by using substances and people like I use I can use anything I can use anything to cover up this like feeling um within me so I mean so it got really bad I essentially like I almost went to prison um, and I just didn't care. Like I'm, I'm ha like I'm undiagnosed, like bipolar. So I'm just like, I really don't care about living and dying at that, or I didn't at that point. Um, and obviously my behavior like showed how much I didn't care about living. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was just like a really crazy time for me to be like shook and awake to like, oh, there's this thing called mental health and you're like not taking care of it whatsoever. And these like chemicals and the alcohol that you're putting into your body are like exaggerating these ongoing, these issues that you already have and stack that on top of like all the shit that I destroyed mm. or, and like ruined from, you know, drinking and drugging and all that. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's kind of like an extreme example, but yes, mental health and taking care <laughs> of it is extremely important. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Listen it, up. Like the, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's exactly the same, but for me in this, again, this is me still externally processing because like I didn't come up from like a broken home. Uh, I mean, like we had our stuff and like we might have had more stuff than other people, but it's not like it's not like I had some crazy crack mom or like anything like that. And so there's to me, it's like I didn't have like necessarily like the stereotypical reasons why somebody would go towards those things. But what I came to find out was I, I just literally from a young age had nothing to grab onto. I didn't have identity. I didn't have like everything changed and like kept changing. And so like the, the thing that I was able to control was like, I, I, I can, I can drink. And I, I was like really good at drinking, which sounds like horrible. Cause I was like 12, 13, something like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, but I was really good at drinking, uh, and like really good at like, all, so that became my identity and what I found, like how I was able to bring value, which is like, is such a dumb term in this case, but like in, subconsciously I get value. I get, I am valued because I can get access to these things and I do these things more than anybody else. And that, 
that was, I think, just I was having like an identity crisis at like 12 years old or whatever. And like yeah. that was the only thing that I knew how to control was just like dive deeper and deeper into this thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like, I don't know, it's crazy to think that at 12 years old, that's what I was doing. And then I got introduced to pain pills and mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Um, and that was a wild ride too. Like where like I, I was able to, again, I was really good at just being out of my brain. Like I could take more pills than anybody else. I could drink more than anybody else. And, but it was, it was to push away the reality that like, I just was not okay. Like I was mm-hmm. not, like, I had some really deep stuff that I was avoiding and that it allowed me to because it it numbed those things like I didn't have to deal with those things because like right now I'm just like trying not to like fall over or whatever and so when it comes to like getting out like what at what point did you realize like this isn't this is something that I like I gotta figure this out like I I gotta get Uh. out of this Oh, like with, uh, well, it was kind of decided for me. It's sort of like this divine, like intervention kind of like thing. Um, because like you said, I was really good at, I was really good at getting access to these Mm -hmm. things that other people weren't good at getting access to. So I was sort of like the person who was supplying these things, um, which is why I almost went to prison. And so, um, then like the judge was like really trying to stick it to me basically to like make an example out of me. Um, and this is like not who like that's and it was so bizarre because like you're like you're to your point like I didn't really have like I'm not going to say like I had like the worst family life. Um, I mean, obviously, like everybody's just dealing with their stuff and like I don't blame my parents or anything. Right. But um, like they were just like kids when they started having kids, you know, and like they were still growing up and like communication was like not their, their forte. And if you like, and I've, well, now that I look back at like my family's history, like my granddad committed suicide. He was bipolar. My uncle was bipolar. Like he unfortunately passed away from leukemia, but he had been depressed like a majority of his life and a heavy drug user as well. Um, so it's like, it's not like surprising that like this, like that I, that, that this might happen, you know? Um, but it was also very, um, ir- like, um, agitated by the fact that like there wasn't like communication around these things and that like, we weren't savvy to um, mental and emotional health. But um, anyway, so um, it was decided for me. And basically, I went through this like pretty long process of like, okay, well, you're just going to have to go to prison. Um, but like, fortunately, I had an amazing lawyer who like got me into another program. Um, and it saved my life, basically, because I had to quit drinking and drugging or I would go to prison. It was sort of like the stipulations. And there wasn't, there's not like any way around it, you know? Yeah. So it was this, it was this five-year-long program and so it was like oh wow that's a long program damn it was really long yeah and so um yeah so and and then so I went through that and it was probably it's like one of the most difficult times of my life but it was so integral like it's such an integral like part of like that's why I am the way that I am now because I had to face every single thing that I had ever gone through and I had to like not you know fuck up and sorry can I cuss I can't I, <laughs> yeah you can <laughs> yeah I think we've had I a guest won't. or two that's I done won't. that 
I think actually okay. you did it on the last one too. Did I? So, oh, no, I, yeah. I don't know. Go for it. Like be, be who you are. That's why you're on the show. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I just want to be like respectful, you know? Um, but yeah, so. Do you, and, you realize that we just released an episode where Rena talked about her time on Jerry Springer, right? Oh, nice. So, okay, Rena. <laughs> did you use some vulgarities or describe some explicit situations? She <laughs> might have described yes, a situation did. or two yes. that yes. might yes. or may not have it. been explicit. <laughs> <laughs> it was <Nice>. bored. <laughs> I'm going to go check it out now. Um, thank you for telling me. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it was sort of decided for me, but thank God, because I don't think I would have made the decision myself. Like, I, I think I definitely would have killed myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just like the stark truth about it. Like, that's just how much I didn't care and like the reality of the situation. Um, but like going through that, it like forced me to like, um, get like the help that I needed, um, in every different aspect and area. And it's still very relevant today. Like I can tell you like mental health is like it's not like, oh, you're cured of it. Like, I have to work yeah. really, really, really hard. And I've been going through, like, some stuff for maybe the past, like, month or so um, related to that. But I think, you know, it's it's definitely different now. Like, I don't, like, turn to all these other things to try to cover it up. I try to get down to the root of what's going on. And it's usually a trigger or it's usually, like, some there's something that's going on that I can probably trace back to something that happened when I was younger um, that I just carried with me and I just have to figure out ways to like choose to act differently. It's really crazy. Like I'm getting like deep into it. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's actually like, that's a good thing because this is like, for me, I didn't go through like some crazy program that was five years, but like it took me a really long time of like, it's, it's, it's a wild story. And I've said this on the podcast, I think like a million times already and I've never actually said what the story is but I feel like this is like this is a good a place as any so I was at the like peak of like I was drunk and high every single day uh like it was it was insane and I again same kind of thing where like I was to the point of suicide and had a bottle of pills and a bottle of jack and I like the only reason that I didn't like, I truly believe I have a really different Christianity than most Christians. I would say, uh, some might say that I'm a little her- her- like a heretic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. <laughs> but I mean, I think there needs to be a little bit more heresy in that area anyways. Mm. But I just like, I threw open, uh, the Bible. I happen to have a Bible right there and it came to this verse and I read it and it like, I have it tattooed on my side now, Um, and so that sparked like the change right there. But my buddy, he pulled me aside, um, because it like, it sparked the change. I say it sparked the change. It didn't really do anything. Like I still was like drinking and like all that stuff. But my buddy pulled me aside in, uh, at night one time he was like, Hey, can I, can I talk to you? I was like, sure. Yeah. And he was like, we got to do something with our life before we die. Something big, because at the time we were like, like I said, we're like 19, 18, 19 years old. Uh, none of us thought that we were going to live past 21 or even to make it to 21. Uh, and we're like, we got to do something big with our life so that like nobody can say we didn't do anything. Um, and I was like, well, we could go, we could go to like, there's this boat thing that my friend did. Uh, maybe we could do that. And we ended up long story short, going to Sweden, uh, 
for four years, I was on this boat and our idea was like, we're going to be on this boat. We're going to be sailors. We're going to go like to all these bars and like all this stuff, like at each port, like (laughs) drastically different. It was a Christian organization and long story short, I had this guy, the captain who ended up being like a father figure to me where like he was the first person in years that didn't give up on me and like also didn't like pussyfoot around the issue like no dude you're an idiot like why are you doing this like and he like spoke straight into my life uh and like that was wild to me because one i've been kicked out of churches i've been kicked out of like all sorts of stuff before like just because i like i i feel like i should have been kicked out but i've never been like not given up everybody gave up on me like and rightly so because i was an idiot like i was just i was doing stupid stuff but like he was able that one person was able to speak straight into my life and say greg this is not this is not who you are like yeah you're an idiot because you're doing all these things but that's not who you are and literally never gave up on me and it was like a four year period of him not giving up before I like, I actually started believing like, Oh, this isn't who I am. And so I'm curious, like that five year program, like what were the things that actually changed you? Because mine was like, mine isn't a program. It was just like one person not giving up on me. But what were some of the tools that you got in those five years? Because like, I'm still trying to figure out what tools to use. I'm still, cause like, I don't have any like thing prescribed at all. It's just me yeah. like, screwing up and figuring it out along the way. That's really cool that, like, I don't know. I think it's always badass when people just, like, decide to change for themselves and they don't need this grand gesture to, like, be better people. You know, I'm just, like, freaking hard-headed. Um, but I think, like, some of the biggest things. So, like, when I, like, it gave me, I think community was a huge thing. Like, having mm. people that I could relate to because I had felt so apart from the whole my whole life. Um, so I had community. I had structure. I hadn't had structure, I mean, since... God knows when uh, I was like living a crazy like life and just on my terms and doing whatever I wanted. And I had no, like I shouldn't, like, I shouldn't have been right. So structure for the first time in my life, which I've come to find out like how essential structure is for me to maintain like my mental and emotional health. Um, so structure. And I think it gave me the chance to dive into all of my like, crap from childhood and like my teens and it just gave me a chance to like work through that stuff um without with like drugs and alcohol I would have been like sent to prison right so it was I and I wasn't going like I knew that like I was not going to prison but it was so difficult so I was either going to kill myself I was going to get better I was going to go to prison you know and so it's sort of like it's sort of like this really weird place for me um And so I just sort of like kept choosing life one day at a time and just like kept people close to me that had like walked that path before. Um, And I I think like, I don't, man, I don't know. I think just the ability, the biggest takeaway, of course, like community is everything, but introspection. Like the, I think we, I don't think we're an introspective society and I feel like we should be more, like we should be evaluating our behavior more. And like, you know, at the end of the day, like, everything that like happens has nothing to do with anyone else. It has everything to do with you and like what you choose mm-hmm. to do with the thing, with what happens around you, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't, 
And if I hadn't have gone through that, like, I don't think I, I think I would still think that everything was happening to me and I'm a victim of, of life, you know? Yeah. Um, so I love that. It's, it's <laughs> so true too. Like, like I, and I'm, I'm learning about that with parenting. Like, Oh yeah. Because Golly. <laughs> I cannot, it's a, it's a two year old and a five year old and like a three month old. I, I cannot control what they do. I can yell. I can try to like ex- exert all this energy in like controlling an external person, like an external being that has their own mind, energy, all this stuff. It doesn't work. I what I and this is still me working through this. Like I <laughs> am not that great at it, but controlling myself, like letting them live life and learn about life. They're, they're, that's basically what they're learning about life in front of you. And you're like, what the hell are you doing? Did you seriously just dump paint all over the table? Like, and so it's controlling myself is like one of the, dis, like self-discipline or self-control is such a huge thing. And realizing that that's the only control that you have. Mm-hmm. Like you, you cannot control yeah. what anybody else does. Like you can try to manipulate but the other person still has a choice and it's, it's wild. And so like you, you, you talked about the ability to dive deeper and that introspection and like getting to the root cause. And instead of turning towards alcohol or drugs or whatever, what are some of the things that you're able to turn to now? What are those tools that you've got in your tool bag that, that somebody listening to this might, might need to hear and try out? Oh, um, so my number one favorite thing to do is meditation. Um, and it's been a really weird journey. Like, to be honest, like I have, I've had like a love hate relationship with meditation, but like, especially like this last bout of, um, I guess like depression that I had, it really like shook me awake to like certain things that I needed to to see, you know what I mean? Cause I, I haven't had a drink or drugs in what nine years now, um, so I really have ze- I have zero. Ex- thank you. Yeah, I I have zero excuses. You know what I mean. So I can't like use that as an excuse anymore. So, um, and like the further that I got away from it, like I tried um, like medication like early on, like in sobriety and stuff like that for like bipolar, and um, it made me even worse. Um, so I've all, I've been very turned off to medication now. Yeah. Like I'm not like saying like, Oh, get rid of your medication. Cause I think like it is very helpful for some people. It's not for me. And so I've had to find like alternative routes yeah. and meditation has been, um, one of the most powerful ways for me to, um, keep centered. Yeah. So no, meditation, like it's such, it's, it's funny that you're bringing this up because I'm working through the ideas of meditation again, like if if you like christians oftentimes like over spiritualize things like oh meditation is from the devil or yoga is from mm. the devil or you can't do this because it's from the devil but like like there's meditation has such deep roots in who we are and what we can accomplish like just emotionally and mentally like if we like that introspective thing like sometimes it's not just sitting there quietly like a kung fu monk it's just like 
being okay with the thoughts that come through and watching them pass by as if they're clouds. Like just like, it's okay to think that thought and then just like let it go by and like practicing that. And I'm still like, I suck at it. Like I really suck. I've got like, <laughs> I was diagnosed with ADHD as a, as in high school actually. Uh, and the doctor, when I got diagnosed was like, you literally have the highest score of compulsivity that I've ever seen in my career. I was like, Thanks. Oh shit. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but Do they like, give awards for that? <laughs> I mean, I'm putting it on my LinkedIn. So, like, <laughs> you definitely should. The most ADHD person ever. Uh, no, but like, it, like, the, the idea of um, meditation for a lot of people is like, it's like this woo woo, like, super spiritual, like, but no, there's like actual scientific evidence that it works. And like, Mm -hmm. it's like irrefutable at this point. Like it works. Like it's like science has shown that it works. Right. Same thing with like the forest bathing thing. Okay. Did we talk about forest bathing or did I just like bring that out right now? Forest bathing is a thing. Okay. Yeah, you did. You brought it up. Okay. I wasn't sure if I just like, it is. And it's not like going out (laughs) in the nature naked, although I'd be okay with it. That's also wonderful too. Yeah. uh, But like, (laughs) have you done that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the time. Really? I'm not joking. I I want to hear about that. What, just getting naked and, like, going out or, like, or bathing? Like, what what do you mean? Is that, like, part of your meditation? No, that's just when I want to be. No, that's the commune that I'm a part of, but that's that's different. (laughs) No, but. uh, I've never done that. Okay. Mm. No? No, no, no. So forest bathing is literally all it is. Like if you simplify it down to like exactly what it is, it's the idea is you go out into nature or it could be like a a nature path through a park. It's just getting around trees. It's getting around plants and getting closer to the roots of who we are as humans, like like who our ancestors are and what they were and what they did is they, they were so much closer to nature. And now we have, we're in concrete brick steel jungles and we don't get that connection to the earth anymore and there's actual scientific evidence that when you it's called earthing also if you take your shoes and socks off go walk through the Mm -hmm. grass go walk barefoot on the beach walk get your hands dirty do some gardening and what it does to the electrons and neurons and everything in your body is it equalizes your energy and it's wild I think you might tell that I like I geek out about this stuff hardcore. Mm-hmm. Like I love this stuff. Same. And, like it is. <laughs> is that we need to talk? Me like want to go pull weeds. Like do it. No, sir. And like okay. I, I have weeds like... in my backyard, <laughs> Rena. <laughs> now I will buy the ticket to New York. You come and pull those bad boys. For me. I actually bribed my oldest and was like, "There's a really big weed in the back, and you get that out, I'll give you two bucks." I mean, you should have seen him. He was taking shovels. He was like, "Can you so awesome. dirty, sweating?" No, that's good though, and it builds up yeah. your immunity, like all sorts of stuff. And that's what forced bathing is. But it yeah. literally forced bathing will decrease depression. Mm-hmm. Like it's in, and it will increase your ability to focus. And like nature and like, I feel like we're barely tapping back into what nature actually has. It's wild. Um, and that's like, I like right now, if I, I can notice myself when I start getting 
I start feeling those same like old feelings of like anxiety or uh, depression or like I just I'm, I'm feeling trapped in like like it's almost claustrophobic in a way like I, I've never been claustrophobic but like when the world feels like it's like closing in on me if I get out into nature even if it's just for like an hour 30 minutes 15 minutes I can breathe again it's it's the craziest thing and it's science it's not just some woo-woo spiritual like Hare Krishna stuff it's like real, like the world and nature was created like to do this in humans. Like that's like our ancestors, like they, this is why it works. Like it's so deep in our DNA. Anyways, I'm like diving deep into this stuff. You freaking hippie. I, oh, dude, don't <laughs> even get, I am like so much no, more of a hippie kidding. than most people think. It's We're fine. like so on the same page with this. So I'm just kidding. But that's what everybody what says your- to me too. What does your meditation practice look like? Like, what kind of meditation are you into? Do you do yoga? Like, I, so I have done yoga in the past. Like, I need to be better about it. Like, I turned the gym into my my yoga, like, here for, like, the past, like, year. Um, Like, hardcore, the gym has been, like, my replacement for yoga. But, so for meditation, um, the thing that's helped me the most, like, what I try to tell people is like, so, you know, when you like listen to a song for the first time and it just like hits you deep down in the core of who you are and you're just like, Oh, like it's so, and you just like, you feel it like right here. And you just, it like, it's like emanating out of you, like that feeling, you know what I mean? Um, I tell people to think to like a moment like that, or to think about like a moment, like with your kid, like where your kid just like, like my six year old, she doesn't ever cuddle me anymore. But like, like, yes, two nights ago, she like cuddled me. Because like I we had she had gotten into a fight with me and it was like this weird thing but she just like came over and I was like like you know you like you just feel what love is right so I tell people to think about a moment like that and you can start to feel it right here and so if you just close your eyes and you focus just on that feeling and like letting that feeling grow um, and then you can just sort of like I mean this is sort of like a Buddhist thing but you can like just send that like feeling like out like to people that have. Like, you know, to my ex-husband, like I like send that feeling to him or to people who I feel like, you know, who, whatever, who need it. Um, Just, I don't know. I think that's one of the easiest things because the more you can focus on that feeling, because that's the whole point, I think, of meditation is trying to get that feeling and hold it for as long as you can throughout your day. And then that just becomes your like natural state of being. Um, But at first, you're probably going to have thoughts that are just going in and out. But you just can't attach yourself to the thoughts. Um, they're just there and they're just going to happen. But the more that you can kind of like steer the ship by holding on to that feeling, because like the less those crazy ass thoughts are going to come into your head, you know. So but that's like I think that was the piece of advice that helped me the most is like finding that feeling and focus only on that feeling when you're starting. Because if you just go in and you're like, I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes you're probably not going to make it past 30 seconds if, you're, yeah. if, you, if you don't have something to hold on to. And an amazing app to help you with this is Headspace. It is amazing. It's free. It's guided meditation. You can get the, the per, you can purchase the like, I don't know, pro plan or whatever, and it'll dive deeper into specific things. Like if you want to be able to focus more, if you want to like, if you need to focus on money or like whatever it's but it's guided meditation and it starts off with like two minutes 
and then you slowly increase to like now you're at five minutes, now you're at 10 minutes, now you're at 20 minutes or whatever, and then you don't need the guided stuff and you can kind of do your own thing. Uh, but Headspace is an amazing app uh, for anybody that's listening. And I mean, Katie, first of all, I love that we got to geek out about this stuff. Like, and it's <laughs> wild. I mean, the it, it's so crazy to me, the similarities between all of us on here that like I, you and I have like such a similar story. Rena and I, we have like the same, like everything date where the same birthdays, almost the same, like, like <laughs> anniversary number like, of children. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. That's hilarious. Yeah. And then Sean and I, like, we're just both freaking goofballs. That's weird. Uh, that, that's our commonality. That's like, <laughs> that's yeah. it. Yeah. But like it. Sean's just Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I guess. Yeah, but Katie, thank you so much for being on, for geeking out with me about the nature therapy, the meditation, like all that stuff. Uh, and if anybody wants to connect with Katie, you can do that on LinkedIn. You can do it on Instagram and Twitter and go to HuckSustainables.com if you're a company that wants to get involved and try to go green. Uh, she's just an awesome human being. Check her out, connect with her. And if you know somebody that needs this episode, if you know somebody that might have a similar story, then, I mean, I don't know if this episode's going to change their life. Maybe it'll, it'll just arm you with ideas of how to help somebody. Um, but share it. Let's, let's spread the love. Let's try to get this whole mental health thing uh, demystified and normalized because like, everybody's got their stuff. Everybody's got their stuff.